0: I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's Fashion and Beauty Memo Line Sheet, and I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases, from M&A rumors to celebrity stylist Dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck, available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry.
0: Hey, Matt. I'm, um... I'm like kind of genuinely terrified about something.
1: Why? Because you looked in the mirror this morning. <laughs> <Whoa>.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, good one. Good one. Well, oh, of course that. But also, uh, by the time people are listening to this episode, I will have gone to Florida.
1: Yeah. RIP.
0: I know. And I just feel like the entire state is going to revolt against me. And I just wanted to say goodbye. Yeah.
1: I will pray for you. Thank you. But in the meantime, we're kicking things off with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into plants. People who keep them. People who tell me I should keep them. people People who grow them for fun. And finally, we've got writer and podcast host Ashley C. Ford as our guest complainer. She's funny, she's smart, she's got a lot of shit to complain about. So let's get into it, let's do it, let's throw Barry to the alligators and start the show! Alright, worst things first, let's talk about the worst news of the week, A man in North Carolina was the victim of a hit and run in a McDonald's parking lot. The catch? It wasn't a car who hit him, but a flailing, panicked deer. Oh, no! (laughs) So he was caught on security footage, walking back to his car with his wife, holding a Diet Coke and presumably a, a meal of some sort, if you can call it that. I don't know what amount of food would make this most tragic. I'm thinking like a 50-piece nugget.
0: Yeah, classic.
1: Right. Because then you have like the spread where it's like it has some explosion has to happen.
0: Right. I feel like fries would be fun in there too.
1: But like if you drop one fry, that's not as sad as dropping like a whole chicken nugget.
0: Fair. But I also feel like he's probably not dropping one single nugget, one nug, if he is being hit by a deer. I feel like there's more to happen there.
1: Oh, you don't know. I he don't, could be very dexterous. Is that is that the quality of <laughs> that you want? Anyway, um, yeah. Security footage shows a panicked deer running into the parking lot from nearby woods before trampling the man. I don't think his wife got hit, but he he did. It's a feminist,
0: deer? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) fuck the patriarchy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The man's name is Worthy. Yeah, Worthy of getting your ass beat. (laughs) 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 Next. Authorities in Tennessee say they busted a well-organized burglar after he allegedly dropped a notebook during a break-in that contained a list of all the other places he planned on breaking into.
0: Sorry he's organized. Sorry he keeps a planner, which honestly, (laughs) I don't. So I'm in awe and I should probably take lessons from this guy. As we've established,
1: the purpose of Unhappy Hour is helping you, our listeners, commit better crimes. (laughs) Step one, be less organized. You know, what about disorganized crime? How about that? I'm going to become the leader of uh, the gay mafia, a.k.a. disorganized crime. That's why there's no gay mafia. (laughs) (laughs) FYI, it's because we're not organized at all. I would so be in the gay mafia, though. Anyway, this 49-year-old man is accused of smashing a glass door and breaking into a Nashville-area home at the end of January, stealing a TV and a gun. I mean, if you're going to break into a house in Tennessee... What else are you gonna steal? Oh, 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 there, there are piles of, 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 of cash. F- fried chicken. Yeah, ha- hot, hot chicken.
0: What? <laughs> Nashville has hot chicken. Do they? Don't they?
1: I, get, I everywhere has hot chicken. <laughs> what are you? What are you well, gonna steal? They're big guitar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, shout out to Nashville. Prosecutors say the man left behind something that allowed them to find him, a notebook that listed multiple addresses, including one for another home a few miles away that had been burglarized the same day. Um, They were able to identify the suspect in part because of notes his daughter also left in the journal along with her address.
0: He used his daughter's journal? That's (laughs) fucked up. That's her secret diary.
1: Right. Where are you going to find a journal? Oh, I guess he has to go to the journal store and buy his own? No. He's upcycling his daughter's journal to do crimes. I love that. I just, I love... That's why it's so baffling to me uh, watching a lot of the stuff that comes out of the impeachment trial. Because you're like, they just wrote the shit down. I mean, the thing that he got impeached for was literally he literally copped to it like on television. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, people are getting real reckless with crimes. But I guess if the president gets away with it, why not? Let's all do crimes. Is my point. This is a nihilistic podcast. Let's process. do
0: crimes.
1: <laughs> Everyone, be gay, do crimes. And finally, a Maine man, a man from Maine. My Maine man. <laughs> you got that fish? You got that fish? Fish? That good fish? I like, thought
0: Maine was known for lobsters. I don't uh, know. But I'm bum. What was the joke that you were put on bumping? Because <laughs> you were talking about fish. Yeah. So I said I thought Maine was known for lobsters. Uh huh. But what is the <laughs> joke? That's just an observation. <laughs> Not fish. <laughs> Okay, though you're correcting
1: me. Then why (laughs) did you end with... (laughs) Anyway, a man from Maine fired up his lawnmower and went for a ride in the dead of winter, leading to a drunk driving arrest. Damn. If there's anything that I've discovered on this podcast, it's that it is incredibly... People are discriminated against, first of all. End of statement. But mostly... People who are in motorized vehicles that are not cars, go-karts, golf carts, electric bikes, Walmart carts, scooters, and apparently riding lawnmowers. What if you had not a riding lawnmower, but you had one of those out of control hand pushed ones Mm. and you happen to be sitting on top of it?
0: Where's the law there? Does that count? I don't
1: know. How much of a motor does it have to have for you to be arrested for a DUI?
0: I don't know. I feel like this person also clearly has not seen Mad Men because anyone should know if they've watched Mad Men to not drink and get on a lawnmower because you will run over the British exec's foot and ruin his career.
1: That is the most jarring scene in (laughs) all of Mad Men.
0: insane. (laughs) Set
1: aside all of the sexual harassment (laughs) and workplace misogyny. misogyny. (laughs) Yeah, and let's focus on how they just suddenly had someone's foot in a lawnmower and blood spurting everywhere. And
0: also that was the end of his character (laughs) and career in the show.
1: Shout out to Mad Men. Uh, Critically one of the best shows of all time. (laughs) Anyway, the Augusta Police Department posted a photo photo on Monday of two police cruisers pulling over a small riding lawnmower. The 44-year-old driver was issued a summons and his tractor was towed away. Police said people are occasionally arrested for operating under the influence on a lawnmower on a public road in the summer, but it's rare to find someone on a riding lawnmower in the winter. This is from the AP, since I basically just read that story. (laughs) Yeah, I love how they were like, the most unusual thing about this is that it's the winter time. <laughs> Not that he was just drunk riding a lawnmower. Again, I ask you, how big of a motor does it have to be? I mean, if you're arrested on a scooter, I guess anything Any bigger motor. than a scooter. Yeah. I don't know. My grandpa had a riding lawnmower, and I accidentally rode it up a tree. <laughs> what? <laughs> My grandparents have a very large lawn. And he has a riding lawnmower. Yes, it is full of snakes. And when we were kids, he used to, like, let us ride it around. And I was the only one of the cousins who didn't know how to, like, steer it. And I ran it right into a tree, and then it started going up. (laughs) (laughs) Literally every, every time, like, all of my cousins, we would all be together, and we would start trying something, like, I would be the one to ruin it for everybody (laughs) (laughs) because I'd fuck it (banging) up. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into plants. Deep Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, You hear that? You hear that? Me sipping my hot cup of joe. You know where joe comes from? A a plant? Isn't that fucked? That coffee comes from a bean that grew on a tree? I think. I'm not even sure what a coffee bean looks like. Or cacao bean. Also, are chocolate and coffee from the same bean? Absolutely not. (laughs) What kind of question is that? I don't know. I thought, like, maybe they are. No. Because they sound the same and also kind of taste the same. Wow. Cacao? Anyway. So, I have plants. They were foisted upon me by a designer who I worked with to design my apartment because I'm, what? Bougie. <laughs> and I don't know how to take care of them. I feel like I paid a lot of money for these plants, and it's fucked that I have to now keep them alive and that people will judge me if they die. I don't, that is a life- The multiple lives that I'm responsible for that are growing in soil and that I have to look after and I'm upset about it. So today I'm going to be bitching about keeping plants. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Do you have plants?
0: I do and I kill them all most of the time.
1: First of all, it is truly insane that you have to pay for plants. Like, hello, this grew for free outside. This is nature. Also, I don't need a pot. You were like, oh, you're paying for the pot. No, that's just a to-go bag for the plant. Take it out of the pot and give it to me for free and then I will bring it home and do do with it what I want to do with it. Fuck it. (laughs) You can fuck some plants.
0: You can fuck anything if you really try hard enough.
1: Right. But really, I don't understand why pl- some plants are so expensive. I got mine from this place in New York that this person recommended, and they were so expensive. Like, insanely expensive that I'm embarrassed to even say how much I spent on them. And I guess it was because they came in, like, nice pots. It's like, fuck it. I don't need a pot. I don't need a, a nice pot. It's a, also just a black pot. <laughs> it's just a... Ugh. I'm just mad at this one particular place. That I won't say the name of because I don't want to give them business because it's way too expensive.
0: It's insane. I don't understand it. Also, I don't want to spend that much money for something I know I am going to kill.
1: Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll spend money on a dog because I know like I will probably keep it alive for like four years, maybe. Four. <laughs> but a plant, you have days. Your your days are numbered.
0: Also, a plant can't like tell you what's wrong with them. A dog can be like, uh, bark bark. <laughs> Um, like <laughs> it also can
1: speak, but okay, yes, We're I like, see what you're saying.
0: Oh, I'm licking my paw a lot. Clearly something wrong with my paw. And a plant is just like, I'm upright one day, and the next day I'm actually just completely wilted and dead, and there's no way for you to know how, why, or what happened.
1: Yeah, that's my next point. Plants are way too sensitive and dramatic. It's like, okay, goddamn, I got you because you're supposed to be easier than an animal. The second I give you a drop of too much water, you're like, guess I'll just fucking die. And it's like, okay, I think I feel like there could be an in between here (laughs) where you maybe like signal that things aren't going great. No, we just go from alive to dead overnight.
0: Also, all of the plants that are like specifically billed as unkillable, I have killed every single one of them. Same. Bamboo, snake plant, the ones that are like kind of ivy-ish but aren't ivy. It's just all of them.
1: Yeah, I have some I have some sucks, some succulents. Um, I have killed snake plants. Snake plants are the ones that are, the leaves are like super hard. They're all like the desert ones, which shockingly sh- probably should not be grown in a New York City apartment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, even my, I remember the first time I was like, okay, I'm going to get plants. I got succulents. And I, uh, yeah, this was the apartment where I had like just a sliver of sunlight every day
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and they died within like a week probably because I watered them and you're like not supposed to water succulents
0: but it just feels wrong yeah to not do that I don't know if you
1: like look at it wrong it'll die
0: and they're like uh, stick your finger an inch and a half deep into the soil and if it's dry water every time I do that it's dry
1: yeah guess what it's fucking soil and it will dry (laughs) How do you think evaporation works? It sounds like I'm mad at you, but I'm mad at the soil. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Do you think I uh, don't wish that I was like the grandma in Crazy Rich Asians and could have an entire house just for a flower that blooms like once a year because I take such good care of it, only when like the moon is a certain shape? I would love that, but I can't. (sighs) Also, how am I supposed to give plants sun in New York fucking city, where the sunlight only exists for 20 minutes every Wednesday at like 3.15 p.m.? That first apartment that I tried to get plants in was like a joke.
0: Oh, I live in a ground floor apartment and there's a building in the backyard that also casts a shadow, so there's just no direct sunlight in my entire apartment. It does make me want to die. Next! Next!
1: I don't understand uh, the different types of dirt.
0: I can barely There's keep one a schedule. I can I can barely keep a schedule for when I'm supposed to give putty what medicines. <laughs> if I had to keep like a, a different watering schedule for all of the plants, no, they're all getting watered at the same time. Yeah, I don't care what kind of plant they are. I'll water. It's probably why they all die. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: water my plants once every four months <laughs> because that's when I remember to do it. And if they so happen to die in that time, that's on them. They should have spoken up.
0: So what are you supposed to do when you go out of town? You're supposed to ask someone to come water your plants and, like, watch them for you? That's yeah, people do that. So dumb. The place but that I got I them it. from,
1: at this point, I'm just saying enough about them that they're easily identifiable. But uh, the place that I got them from has a service where you where you can, like, pay people to come and take care of your plants.
0: This is why you just need to get to know your neighbors.
1: No. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather not have plants than talk to my neighbors. <laughs> And then there are people who brag about having a green thumb. Congratulations on sounding like you fingered the Hulk. L- that you were like knuckle deep in the Jolly Green Giant. Fuck off. Was there a green Teletubby?
0: Probably Poe. I just made that up. Green Teletubby. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a green fucking Teletubby. Tinky and winky. I hate its face. No, no no,
1: Tinky Winky's purple.
0: Dipsy is green. He is green and named after his antenna, which resembles a dipstick.
1: (laughs) What a fucking loser. (laughs) Shut up, Dipsy. Also, how the fuck do you repot a plant? Why? Why do we have to repot it? It came in a home. You stay in that home.
0: Do turtles switch shells? No, that's not... (laughs) So they should friggin' fashion themselves so think after like turtles. there's a whole turtle inside each shell that can
1: <laughs> leave the shell?
0: Oh, it's snails do that. Snails can switch shells. Or some, some... Like a hermit crab? All right. Crabs. That's what I'm thinking of. Crabs can do yeah, that. A turtle is fully attached to a shell. Well <laughs> if you then... take off a shell, it
1: will die.
0: Okay. Well, you know what? That's how plants should be. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Plants are like turtles not hermit crabs you stay if you want to go to a different pot you better get yourself up and get in that pot also plants get diseases what is that they're like oh oh if you leave you leave a plant in 67 degrees after it gets a tiny bit wet guess what elm flu or some shit no that is fucked
0: you know what else is fucked but also really necessary We have a tree doctor come and, like, take care of our trees every couple of years. And I'm pretty sure it, like, gets shots. I think the trees get shots. They, like, get vaccines. Yeah.
1: That's fucked.
0: I know. That's one of those things that, like, when I was younger, my mom would say, like, the tree doctor's coming to give him vaccines or, like, to give the trees vaccines. And my child brain was like, oh, with, like, a big needle. But my adult brain is like, is that what that meant? Or is it like a salve? Or is it like something you put in the soil? A poultice? I don't know. That you
1: rub on the tree?
0: I have no idea.
1: First of all, that is some white people shit. I know. (laughs) I know it
0: is.
1: (laughs) I remember reading this whole article about this guy who, like, oversees all of the plants in Central Park. Oh. There is a number, a little plaque with a number on every tree in Central Park. They're, like, all tagged.
0: I also just want to say I did some research, and uh, it is a literal injection with just a giant needle. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Where do they inject it into?
0: Towards the base of the tree.
1: That's disgusting.
0: Yeah. That
1: brings me, my next point was, what the fuck is plant food? What's in it? How does it eat a powder? Well, I guess you mix it. You don't just dust it on. That's why all my plants are dead. (laughs) (laughs) Snort this, you dumb bitch. And then I just blow it on like luster. I also realize most of the plants, this is, says a lot about how I was raised, uh, most of the plants that we currently have in my childhood home are from funerals. Oh, <laughs> well, wow. Because my mom has a weird obsession with death, and uh, yeah, and it likes to memorialize people by taking the plants from the funeral home.
0: Well, where else are they gonna go? The ground!
1: <laughs> with the people! and finally, some people just have too many plants. You're a freak, okay? You need two plants tops, any more than two plants deranged. You're out of your fucking mind. What? Who do you think you are, some type of fairy, or some type of forest nymph? Get out of my house with your fucking plants. You think you you think you're Ash from Pokemon with his Bulbasaur? No, you're not. You're a weirdo who decided to go to a Home Depot or a plant store. Oh, why do they call them nurseries? Fucked. That's where babies are born.
0: Stop equating plants with humans.
1: <laughs> uh. Unless when I pull the plant out of the pot and it screams like in Harry Potter, you better not fucking call it a nursery or I will lose my goddamn mind. Anyway, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got an interview with Ashley C. Ford right after this commercial break. Do you got a bunch of stuff just lying around the house that you just don't use? A pair of ice skates from that time you thought you'd pick up ice skating? An old phone hiding in a drawer somewhere? Well, there's an app you can use to sell this stuff and it's called Mercari. Mercari is the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. It couldn't be simpler. You take a few pics of your stuff, add a description, and boom, your item is listed. Then once it's sold, Mercari emails you a shipping label and you just stick it on and send it off. No meetups, no hassles. With millions of people using the Mercari app in all 50 states, stuff really sells. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average 4.8 star rating, so why not give it a try? Don't let that stuff you don't use go to waste. Sell it, ship it, and get paid with Mercari. You can find Mercari on the App Store or on Mercari.com. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I Mercari. The Selling App. Get mouthwatering seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They make cooking at home fun, easy, and affordable. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and prepping so you can enjoy cooking and getting dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or even 20 minutes with their quick recipe options. There's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and family-friendly recipes every week. They've got more five-star recipes than any other meal kit, so you'll get something delicious and can finally break out of your dinner rut. i feel like such a responsible adult when I cook my HelloFresh meals. Like, look at me, Mom. <laughs> Cooking my own meals like a grown adult for my own gorgeous self. And I especially love that they have calorie smart options that don't sacrifice flavor. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Unhappy10 and use code Unhappy10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Unhappy10 and code Unhappy10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. My guest complainer today is writer, podcast host, all-around delightful person, Ashley C. Ford. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You're working on your memoir. Your your words are all around the
2: internet. (laughs) You're hosting a MasterCard podcast about money? I am. It's called Fortune Favors the Bold. It's so much fun. I basically spend a whole lot of time... Realizing that I don't know anything about money. Um, <laughs> that... That's just I, adulthood. I,
1: I, it like, is. That first realization that you have when you're like, oh, nobody knows. Right. Even my parents are like, no, everyone is clueless. Everybody's
2: clueless. I go and talk to these experts, right? Like people call in and they ask me questions. And I'm basically like, yeah, I feel that. I personally have nothing for you, but let me go find some people who do. (laughs) And then we go and we have these conversations with, you know, experts of different kinds who talk to us about everything from student debt to traveling responsibly to like, keeping your like social justice mind and work with your business mind and all of that stuff. All of these things that I basically thought were impossible. Like I personally had given up on knowing anything about money a long time ago. Right. And then I was like, "Oh, you can learn?" Yeah. And then I started doing that. <laughs> right, right. That is the wise thing to
1: mm-hmm. do instead yep. of assuming that you know it. Yes. Or pretending to be an expert is I think realizing, oh, I don't know this.
2: You know, so many people feel so much shame about being broke or about not knowing what to do with money. And the problem is that money and like how money works is kind of purposefully hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also, it's not the kind of thing that you're just good at. Right. I think people think that like your baseline is being good at money. And it's like, no, it's not. Your baseline is actually not knowing anything about money. Right. And you have to, like, work long term to figure out what to do with money. Yeah. Yeah. It's all baffling. It's super baffling.
1: Uh, But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We usually usually start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Oreos. I I remember (laughs) one of our very first guests was Heaven Nagatu, Uh friend of the show. And I believe she also said Oreos. And yeah. I'm baffled by, by mm. that. Perhaps more than money. <laughs>
2: Ugh. Ugh. What? Yeah. Why? They just don't—they taste so bad to me, man. If I eat an Oreo—just going off taste alone, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, if I bit into an Oreo—I never had an Oreo before—and you were like, write down the top three ingredients— you think are in this delicious cookie that I've handed you apparently. yeah. I would take a bite in that cookie, promptly spit it out because I have a really bad reaction to food I don't like in my mouth, I just let it fall out. (laughs) And then I would list my three things as follows. This tastes like a combination of sugar, Uh dirt, and the color brown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's what it tastes like to me. But there's enough sugar
1: to make it good. I think no. the sugar balances out the dirt.
2: No, that's the kind of sugar that makes my teeth hurt from like the moment you bite into it. It's like there's like sugar that you can eat that after a while you're like, okay, I I overdid it and Uh I have cavities now. Like I feel them forming in my mouth. And then there's the kind that you bite into and your teeth are like, oh no, bitch. (laughs) Oh no, get that cavity juice the fuck away from me. (laughs) You better not bring that shit in here. And I feel like my mouth does that with, Oreos in a way that does not allow me to enjoy the sweetness because the sting just comes too soon. Okay. Have you had them with milk? Uh, I don't know if your listeners can tell, Matt, but I'm an (laughs) African-American. and (laughs) Well, now they know. Cat's um, out of the bag. (laughs) And uh, as uh, a black woman in America, one of the battles that I do fight every day is the one with lactose. I, it's um, correct. In these last few years of my life, I have tried to uh, reject that particular white devil and make sure that I don't ingest it in a way that would then, you know, essentially ruin the many hours following and possibly the day following. Sure. So, no, I don't have Oreos with milk because they already don't taste good enough for me to want one. And then to have them with milk would be, you know, just like adding punishment to an activity you already didn't want to do. Like, what if you got in trouble for going to school? (laughs) Like, what I'm if? Not, I'm not making you eat Oreos. This is not, I'm not say, challenging. No, I'm just saying that, like, that's how it would feel for me. Right, right. Like, if somebody was like, yeah, you have to be at school at 7 a.m., but you're going to get detention for it. <laughs> to me, that's Oreos with milk.
1: Yeah, okay. I mean yeah if, if milk is also bad then yep. it's not going to make it better. Yes. Um yeah, I I've been in a similar battle with with lactose and mm-hmm. I that I finally uh, agreed as like okay, this is not my this is not my thing. No. As much as I enjoy it, I mm-hmm. don't enjoy what it does to me. Got to let it go. But there are, it's sometimes worth it.
2: I mean, maybe for you, I, make I can see how that might be true for you. <laughs> I've never been much of a milk drinker. It doesn't taste good to me. No. Um, it, it just never has. And I also read a book really early on in my life called Cancer Schmancer by Fran Drescher. And she talked about not drinking milk because of hormones in it. And yeah. I was like, you know what, nanny, you have a point. And I think from that day on, I pretty much tried to avoid it when I could. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, nah, if it's got cow's milk in it at all, I can't mess with it.
1: Are you a fan of the flavor cookies and cream? No. Because it's just Oreo.
2: Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Nah. That cookie don't taste. That's a bad cookie to me. (laughs) Like the cream stuff is already kind of like, you know all right, this is basically what, sugar and pressed powder or something? Like, I don't know. And then the cookie is just not good. Why is that cookie so dry? It's so dry. Like the fact that you even have to add milk is part of the problem. That's cereal. Right. That's cereal. Why I got a big piece of cereal that I'm dipping in the milk and then eating now?
1: Part of my my journey against uh, consuming lactose has been giving up cereal for the most part, even oh. though there are, you know, oat milk and whatever. Yeah. But um, I, I haven't had, like, a delicious bowl of cereal in so long.
2: <laughs> I and have, man. They're so I, good. I definitely mess with that oat
1: milk. Right, right. Yeah. So you're not going full, like, kashi. Oh, no. Which is just, like, Carboard. bark. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I don't eat that in my life.
1: Yeah, my I tried. There was a while. I'm, I'm, I'm learning the differences between fibers <laughs> you know we're going down a
2: path here yeah um, yeah no tell me about the fibers
1: i don't know there's like soluble and insoluble it's true this is fascinating to yeah, anybody no, this is great <laughs> and i know soluble is supposed to like dissolve right absolutely and insoluble is just supposed to be like you know drano basically and go straight through you yep and i think i need more insoluble but i would like that in the form of like a pill does that exist? (laughs) I feel like the only way insoluble works is if it's like a bunch of solids.
2: I don't know.
1: (laughs) Why don't you come prepared? I don't know! Info about fiber. And now there's like a bunch of shit specifically marketed at gays. Oh, um, yeah. That I'm like, I don't know what's in this. I don't trust a gay (laughs) scientist.
2: (laughs) Why not? Like, well, what do they have against you? I just, it seems... I don't
1: know. I don't trust it. (laughs) You're like no. I want to see the like the the medical degree behind it.
2: It's like my grandma who like didn't trust women drivers. (laughs) (laughs) I trust gay scientists. My grandma didn't trust women drivers so much that she never got her own license, and also like for the most part used to get really intensely concerned whenever my boyfriend was not driving the car that I was in, <laughs> even if it was my car. <laughs> did you defy her and and learn how to drive? Of course I did. I mean, it took a while, cause she had like really instilled the fear of God in me. Like I turned 16 and everybody was like, oh man, you gotta go get your license. And I was like, oh, you know, when I'm ready. <laughs> I waited longer to get my license than to have sex for the first time.
1: I also, uh, it took me a long time to get my license because my parents were like, they 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 would prolong it by being like, well, you can't practice in our car because the brakes don't work that well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're driving us around in that car <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it's not safe for me to drive. We shouldn't be in this fucking car right, right. now. But yeah, I get it. Because I'm, I'm also, I claim the Midwest. I'm from outside of Chicago. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I think you are probably more quintessentially Midwestern. Absolutely. I think Indiana has that. It's really all Indiana has.
2: <laughs> oh, how dare you? How dare you? Let me tell you, okay? The campus of Ball State University uh-huh. would like to say differently, as they are a top-tier school that David Letterman, who attended, has called the Harvard of Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Good for Muncie. <laughs> where where
1: along uh, Indiana is Muncie?
2: Muncie is right, like it's about an hour and a half above Indianapolis. Okay. So it's pretty, it's still pretty central.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. Indianapolis was one of the first Places outside of Chicago and New York that I performed comedy and it, it like went well. That were is you at my... Crackers? Or yeah, was, yeah. Were you at Crackers? Right. I yeah. remember uh, when they brought me the offer to go there, they were like, before we tell you the name, you just know that it is the worst name of a comedy club. It is. It <laughs> is. And it's called Crackers Comedy. It is called Crackers uh, Comedy. Yeah. And I remember the woman who managed it. She might still. Um, yeah. Yeah was was a, a real character. They all are.
2: Do you know I, I used to do stand-up comedy?
1: I did know that. I forgot about it until just now, but yeah. I do remember us talking about that.
2: Yeah, and dated a bunch of comedians. So yeah, how did I that I used to have to go there to watch them.
1: <laughs> I want to talk about that because
2: <laughs> I've been
1: thinking a lot about, I mean, I'm always <laughs> thinking about dating and, um, yeah, it's not going great. Okay, <laughs> let's just say that. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm getting better. I I think uh my my like bounce back time is is improving, <laughs> which is good. My it refractory is. period. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Your emotional <laughs> refractory period.
1: Yeah. Um. We're good. still not like fully good, but we're getting there. That's all right. Yeah. What uh, doesn't
2: kill you make you stronger. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson. That's how I feel.
1: But I think a lot about like you know if you date like a singer and you have a song about you. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh-huh. You date a comedian. I what did. is the best case scenario? You get a, a fucking joke written about yeah. you? <laughs>
2: yeah. There are a couple about me. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. How does that feel? You know, at the time, it was always really fun. Yeah. Like, it's fun to have somebody come up with jokes around, about you for me, because I mean, like, that's, that's also the kind of sense of humor I grew up in with my family. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely come from one of those families where it's like, listen, like this might not be right or fair, but it's too late to change those people. Okay, we got to leave them behind, (laughs) but we love them. So sometimes we got to go back and hang out with them. Mm -hmm. And when we go hang out with them, understand that picking on you is how they say they like you. Right. You just have to be like, you just have to understand that. And I'm already a sensitive person, which my family has made fun of me about my whole life. When I when I went away to college, I would get used to like being on my own or being around people who like respected my boundaries and new stuff like that. And then I would have to come home with these people who did not give a shit about my boundaries <laughs> or my emotional evolution in any way. And having a conversation like I would before I would like co- go back home from college. I would practice standing in front of the mirror like the huge goof I am and just go, I like myself the way I am. I like <laughs> myself the way I am. Like I had to put on like this emotional armor to be able to go hang out with my family. So by the time my shitty boyfriends were making jokes about me on stage that the my only stipulation was that they were good. Right. Um, that was sort of an upgrade. Like I was like, great. At least these are good. And they respected my boundaries. Yeah. I just didn't know that you can't joke about me could be a boundary. Right. That I could have if I wanted it. Though looking back, mm, I don't know if I would have done anything different. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I would have made that choice anyway. It was actually really funny. But I'm also
1: learning not to be too judgmental. It's it's, uh, it's a tough line to toe.
2: Because
1: <laughs> I don't want to, you know, everybody's on their own journey.
2: It's true. Everybody is on their own journey. And you do want to have patience for people. But the person who you should have the most patience with in any given moment is yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can only give people what you'll give yourself. I used to think that I could give other people so much more than I gave myself. Mm-hmm. And I was giving people scraps. I was giving them fumes because that's what I was running on. Yeah. You can't be running on fumes and give somebody else gas. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Right, right. So, you know, I had to I had to pump the gas over here first. Yeah. So I could give somebody a jump. <laughs> I know a little bit about cars, is yeah, what I'm trying to uh, say.
1: Apparently. Mm-hmm. Ever since you learned to drive at ever age 25. Ever since I learned 25. to drive at
2: age 25. <laughs> um, I changed my own alternator once.
1: Oh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you could have just made that up and I would yeah. have no idea. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah. fake.
2: Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's no
1: such thing as an alternator. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah there's no way I I at this point drive a car maybe twice a year and mm-hmm. it's a, always a terrifying experience mm-hmm. um, yeah so it's for the best that I am
2: not a- around vehicles but I lost my license and so I just keep like, all of a sudden being like, oh, babe, I guess I, you're going to have to drive. <laughs> totally forgot I lost my license. And every yeah. time he's like, you got to get this license. My husband's like, you got to get your license. And I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. I will. But I'm so lazy. Same. Especially going to the DMV. I Can mean, you imagine? Yeah.
1: I think I've only had to go to the DMV in New York once. And I showed up because I needed my license expired and I needed to get a new one. And I yeah. was like, fuck, I'm going to have to take a test.
2: Uh, I thought so, too.
1: Yeah, you don't. No? They pretty much just were like, just sign this paper. But I showed up, and I had my birth certificate, and they were like, we need your social security number, or your card. And I was like, really? I have my birth certificate.
2: Like, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. like, like, <laughs> okay. I just love the idea of you at the DMV holding up your birth certificate and being like, hello, like... <laughs> It's me. Like the original, like
1: this paper is like deteriorating. <laughs> Why you're going to make me go all the way back and get my social security card? I understand. I carry my passport on me at all times.
2: Yeah, I think mine is in my bag too. I'm like very flippant about very important documents. Me too. It's a problem. I'm working on it. I grew up in a chaotic situation. Like, you know, if I had gone to my mom and been like, hey mom, where's my birth certificate? She would have been like, Whew. top of my closet. Uh huh, and it would be like what do you wear in the top of your closet uh... and then it would just be boxes full of papers and right. stuff in the top like that's that was like the filing system of our home.
1: I like recently stumbled on my birth certificate. I didn't know where I put it <laughs> after that DMV experience.
2: Well, I know where my birth certificate is now because I ordered it so uh, that right. I could see what time I was born for my co-star astrological. Uh, <laughs> That's what I,
1: research. I texted my mom because I wanted to find out that time, and was she, she was like, "I don't, I don't know, know the yeah. afternoon."
2: Yeah. <laughs> So I, I asked like, my mom when time I was born and she was like, I don't know, uh, grandma had to get off work <laughs> 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 to come. And I was so like, what? Eight hour window. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was exactly the reason why I was so excited to find it.
2: Yep. Are you a, an astrology uh, proponent? Yes, I love it. Yeah. I think it's a lot of fun and it's like... It's just given me like this really fun, easy way to reflect on so many things that I I normally just would not take the time to stop and think about. Yeah. And like refocus or, you know, like set intentions and stuff. Like I wouldn't think to do stuff like that. But, you know, then you start reading that Channing Nicholson, the next thing you know. (laughs) I You out here with like a, a journal and stuff. And I'm like, wow. CoStar is the one that I downloaded. CoStar got to be
1: run by Capricorn. <laughs> I don't understand the reference yet. I don't really get all the stereotypes just yet. I know mine. I'm a Leo. <laughs> of
2: course. I don't know really the things about people, but I'm a Leo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay.
1: I don't think, I, and I think why I always, like, I don't get astrology was because I never identified as a Leo. Like, I never, the qualities that I would always look up when, and when I saw, you know, who a Leo was mm-hmm. supposed to be, I never felt like that. And now the older I get and the more I sort of, like, come into that person mm-hmm. of, like, yeah, being, wanting to be the center of attention, <laughs>
2: demanding the spotlight. Did you think because you did it in a, like, more subtle way, that that meant you weren't doing it? You were like, I'm not as loud as that, Leo. (laughs) No, I literally, like, as recently as college,
1: uh, which was, you know, two years ago. (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But as recently as, like, being in class, and, like, I could not raise my hand without turning beet red. Really? I could not say a single thing in class without, like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at me. I can't, like, form a sentence right now. Which is very, like, the, the gap between who that person was and who me right. now. Pretty large. Yeah. Were I, you the
2: snarky one?
1: I were, think so. Were
2: you the one that, like, the teacher would say something and you'd be like, I mean, yeah, if you spell it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then everybody's like, oh, my God. Um. I
1: think, yeah, probably. I think I was, like, class clownish up until, like, third grade, and then everybody else got cool, and then I was, like, still kind of the weird, funny, but nobody found it charming anymore (laughs) working from that space.
2: Uh, maybe, yeah, I guess I, I, I strayed from was my Was that in leonis. high school? Is that what you were like in high school? Were you pretty...
1: I think, yeah, I was just like an uber nerd in high school. Like, yeah. mathlete, science club, like, oh, on a roll, wow. like, wanted to be the best at everything.
2: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's like my high school boyfriend. <laughs> until he got depressed at the end and just right, sort of right. let it all fall away. Uh, that didn't
1: happen to me until senior year of college. Yeah. That happened to me in like third grade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what happened after third grade? You were like, oh, this is bullshit? Yeah.
2: Pretty much after third grade. I knew I knew it was bullshit when I had been like a like a pretty much straight A and B student, like and a pretty rare B. But I was like, let's not get crazy, Ashley. It's okay to get a B every once in a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I got a C in handwriting. And then I didn't get to do all, like, the special smart kid stuff anyway because my handwriting was just trash. And it was, right, just, like, right. I did all the practice pages and stuff. It was just, <laughs> it's just my trash. And I was like, oh, this is all bullshit. And then I started reading Terry McMillan at story time. Uh-huh. And it was, like, quiet reading time. And everybody else was reading, like, you know, if you give a mouse a cookie. And I was reading Waiting to Exhale. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got really into Edgar Allan Poe. I had my first male teacher the year after that, and I didn't like him at all. Yeah. And I had, like, a nervous breakdown in his class, and I was, like, in fourth grade. And also I was, like, having, like, my boobs were growing and all this other stuff, and I was like, fuck everything. Like, I was for quite a bit on, like, this downward, like, yeah, fuck everything. Yeah. And then I read The Giver, and I was like, maybe not fuck everything. And then some shit changed. Right. There was a uh, uh,
1: article I read in The New York Times. Yeah.
2: Uh, Oh, 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 you read The
1: Times. (laughs) (laughs) In The Times. But there was a a study about students who were straight A students in high school and how Mm -hmm. they ended up going on to be less successful than students who were like straight B students. Mm -hmm. Because straight A students have a very like, I will follow directions and do exactly what you want me to do in order to like meet you know, and, yes. and get an A. And B students have the the capacity to be like, I don't care about this. Yeah. I can do it. But, like, I'm going to pick and choose what I focus on. Yep. And, yeah, that sounds like your style.
2: That is definitely my style. Never been a straight-A girl. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I, some of my best friends are straight-A girls. Right. I've had straight-A girls to my home <laughs> for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, many, many times. Uh, it's just not my ministry Mostly because it just like it really did hit me like in third grade. I was like, none of this can really matter. Yeah. Like if I'm in if I'm like being quote unquote punished for having bad handwriting, then none of this matters. <laughs> like there was just something about those two things yeah. that connected everything for me. Once you once you got to like middle school and high school, things got so much more interesting if you had the time to dig into them. Right. But I did not. Like, at all. If I was at home, then I had to live, like, with the whims of the home. Uh Uh-huh. Otherwise, I had to be out of the home doing, like, band or theater or something like that. Right. Or my job. Right. So that's what I did. Band, theater, work. Every night. Uh, You do have band kid energy. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I always feel like band kid energy definitely is, like, I don't know if that kid is horny, Uh. hungry... Or just, like, has the social skills right, of right. a failed comedian. Like, the <laughs> like that's what you have in a band kid in a lot of cases. Not every band kid, but this band kid definitely fits that stereotype.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about some of the other stuff you hate. Um, yeah. You had a couple of other other things. Yep. um Which were
2: The Expendables. The Expendables. Hate them. Fi- the film? I hate that movie. All of those movies. What is the Expendables? The Expendables has like Sylvester Stallone, right, and Mickey Rourke, and I think in the first one, like maybe even like Terry Crews is there. Pretty sure Jonathan Statham, all those action guys, like yeah, from the action like Bruce movies. Willis was in yeah, one, yeah, yeah, all of those. And I love those guys, right, because I love those old action movies. Like I grew up on those old action movies, but I went and saw the Expendables, and it's it's I that first one. It's the only movie I've ever walked out of. <laughs> Because Mickey Rourke was making me sick. Like, you ever, like, sit in a space and, like, everything around you goes completely still and you feel, like, this little spark inside that tells you just, like, unequivocally, you are wasting your time. (laughs) And you're like, holy shit, I am wasting my time. And then you have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Either this is, I got the time to waste and this is a way that I want to waste my time. Or it's this is not a good enough way for me to waste my time. Right. And I just felt like the expendables was not only not offering me what I needed, but was actively taking from me in that moment. It felt like an energy <laughs> and spirit thief. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, and then Jeremy Renner? Yeah, yeah, fuck Jeremy
2: Renner. I don't. Uh... <laughs> I need to know uh, why. Oh, my God. He's such a terrible person. Um, You know, I don't usually say stuff like this. Uh Uh-huh. But I have a a couple of friends who would qualify by, in general terms, as famous. Uh Uh-huh. Every single one of those friends has come in contact with Jeremy Renner. Okay. And every single time, he has found a way to leave such... A terrible impression that just saying his name makes their faces curl up (laughs) into themselves with disgust. And, you know, I'm not usually one to go by hearsay. Right. You know, I'm very much a person who I'm like, I don't know. I've seen the Internet very much go This person is like this, and that's absolutely 100% true. And if you don't believe me, then you don't believe in blah, 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 blah. And then be like, actually, none of that is true. And I'm not sure why I'm supposed to believe you just because you said it. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, I don't really know, like, what's happening. Like, that's one of the weirder things about the Internet is that people will be like, yeah, this person's like this. And you'll be like, well, I know that person in real life, and they're not like that. They'll be like, well, you can't be trusted because you actually know them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, all right, I guess that makes logical sense. Um, I love that this took uh, not the, the turn that I thought it would. Which was what? That he's terrible as Hawkeye?
1: Also, right, that- right. Uh, But we are bringing the personal receipts. It's personal.
2: Yeah, it's personal. I don't mess with him because of the personal reasons. I also don't think he's a great Hawkeye. (laughs) I think that his music career is a cash grab and sucks. I think his app was terrible. (laughs) That's right. Okay. I don't think we're gonna top that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: Mm. good. We love we love taking down the man.
2: Yeah, he is the man. Yeah. If they okay, if there was they were going to make like a movie and they were going to call it The Man and it was about The Man, when we talk about The Man, if it, if the the person playing the man was Jeremy Renner, you would be like, "Oh, typecasting." <laughs> They're just fucking typecasting. <laughs> yeah. So in conclusion, fuck Jeremy Renner. In conclusion. <laughs> uh before we let you go, what's up? Where can people find you and oh, your work? All over all over i it's not usually this um this uh aggressive but <laughs> I am all over the place. On Twitter, I'm at iSmashFizzle. On Instagram, I'm SmashFizzle. And my website has all that info, and it's just like AshleyCFord.com. Yeah, and it, it is true.
1: I, uh, I told you before we started recording that this is going to be, like, way too much. No,
2: it's okay. <laughs> Give it to me, Matt. Tell me.
1: But I do genuinely think you are one of those people where it's like, when you read, like, The Greats, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, how? what was it like to, like, know these people like who were they in like real life that's how I feel about knowing you and talking to you I told you it'd be too much
0: but you
1: are you are genuinely one of the best people and most special so, thank you. Thank you nah. for being on Unhappy Hour. <laughs> oh my
2: God. I feel the same way about you. And I have so oh, many stop. feelings because you've, I feel like you've seen me at some of my just trashiest moments. <laughs> like, just <laughs> <Not> like <true. laughs> getting off of an airplane after like sleeping forever and be, like looking like just uh, disheveled is generous or like being drunk in a karaoke bar. Like, yeah, yeah. You've just seen me in so many ways at best few people have, <laughs> so to hear that from you <laughs> means a ton well, thank you i mean it thank you so much for having me All
1: right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching?
0: Well, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is back, so I'm watching that. Yeah. Yeah, it just, that show to me is just like candy. It's just sweet, sweet candy that I can just plop in my mouth and enjoy. (laughs) I just really, (laughs) I just love it. It's just good, fun Yeah, I just really enjoy watching it. Those characters are so great. And it's just like a nice, silly, fun show that I get to watch every week. So I'm glad it's back. What are you watching?
1: I haven't been watching anything new. Shocking. uh, But I did go back. I never finished watching the show called Abstract on Netflix. Oh, right. It is one of my favorite shows. Uh, It's one of my favorite documentary series. I've talked about it before and I highly recommend it. If you don't know, it, it follows the kind of model of Chef's Table, but instead of being about chefs, it's about designers, creative people. Right, right. Um they have in the second season there's two seasons out. Um they have Ruth Carter who's an Academy Award-winning uh, costume, costume designer. designer. Yeah. Yeah, she made all of the costumes for Black Panther. And like a bunch of bunch of movies, Dolomite too. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just watched the episode with uh, this woman who is uh, a toy designer, or she designs for play, <laughs> which sounds weirdly more sexual. More sexual, <laughs> but it is for children. It's cool. toys for children. Great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just one. Of, it's one of those things that like it's a very like inspiring show to watch for me, where I feel like I'm learning something. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I'm always inspired by people who are very passionate about the stuff that they do. And it's nice to watch cool people talk about their, their cool work. And most of the people who they feature are also very, like, cool individuals. The woman who designs uh, toys is also, like, a drag king. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's a great show. So I'm uh, working my way through that. Finally, I never finished it and I uh, am finishing it now. What is your non-TV chaser?
0: My non-TV chaser is another comedy event that I went to last week. It's a show that you and I saw last year. It's Whitmer Thomas, who's an L.A.-based comedian, and he was doing his last ever performance of The Golden One, which is his one-hour special that aired on HBO February 22nd. So, yeah, why why don't you tell the good people about Whitmer Thomas? Uh, if you haven't seen
1: uh, his his special yet uh, or don't know his style, he's very funny. He is the kind of like stereotypical or at least the character he plays on stage is the kind of like emo, yeah, emo. It's Like, like a- white kid in your high school, middle school. Skater. <laughs> skater boy. Yeah. Like very emotional. I think, yeah, a lot of his shtick is like... He was the guy who was like writing very um, hardcore like poems basically (laughs) in the back of the classroom.
0: And the show is his stand up, but then also these songs that he wrote. And it's about his mom and in his childhood. And it's like, like by the end of the show, you and our friend Gabriella and I, we were all crying, <laughs> yeah. um, but also laughing so hard. Like, it's just, it's a really beautiful show. So I was really excited to see it again. And I'm, I haven't seen the HBO special yet. It is out now, and I can't wait to watch it. So yeah, it was really fun to go see it again. Nice. What about you? What's your chaser this week?
1: Uh, my chaser I, I referenced this uh, during my interview with our guest this week Ashley C. Ford mm-hmm. I don't actually know if she she prefers the, the C spoken but I think it makes her sound uh, very sophisticated it does so I will say Ashley C. Ford um, but she was a guest on the Long Form podcast that is hosted by Max Linsky who my is, boss <laughs> yes the co-founder of Pineapple Street Studios uh uh, he, also,
0: just a fantastic interviewer. So, yeah, it's a great show.
1: Um, the long form podcast, if you truly have no idea, is uh ho- co hosted by Max and some other dudes <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know, uh, Evan and Aaron. Yeah, who uh, yeah, interview uh, different writers and uh, talk about their, their work. And uh, he did an interview with Ashley that it was so great. I mean, we. I I wanted to ask her about so much of it that I I realized was just, like, her. I wanted her to say all of the stuff that she said on that podcast over again, (laughs) because I loved it so much. Um, We had a lot of fun with her this week, but, like, if you really want the wisdom of Ashley C. Ford, then go listen to that. Um, Max even says in the interview that, like, he was just asking her, like, basic questions to, like test the mic at the beginning and she spoke like all the stuff that she said was so like profound (laughs) that he kept it all in um yeah she's just i i told her this at the end of the interview i don't know if we kept it in that she uh, genuinely to me is one of those people that is like i don't like it's like knowing i don't know like maya angelou she's
0: a real light (laughs) she is um
1: So, yeah, I would uh, highly recommend that uh, episode of the Long Form Podcast. And just all the episodes. Pretty good show. Yeah. Pretty good boss. And that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Dale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellasai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye bye I, I try to say goodbye, but I choke. I try to look away, I You can fuck anything if you really try hard enough, right? I mean, a cucumber is a plant.
0: Yeah, you just put it in your pee. <laughs>
1: No, oh, you said that right as I was taking a sip of coffee, and it went everywhere. Don't say that ever again. you know I have a you know I have a thing about things going in my pee pee.